This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, everybody, welcome back again to the Basement Binge, one of these uh, quarantine specials, I think that's what we called it, uh, this week, kind of continuing with the theme of viruses, we watched I'm Legend, but my name is Harrison. I'm Kelton. And I'm Cade. Let's get to it. And this is the Basement Binge Spoiler Wall, which is our spoiler-free, minute-long reaction to the movie, followed by our answer to a question, would we recommend it? Um, and I'll go first little insight to me before I start, though. I've never seen this movie before now. This was my first time seeing the movie, so I may be in the same boat as some of you. But I will uh, start this timer, and uh, here we go. Okay, so I said this to both Kate and Kelton before we started the podcast. This movie started really on a high for me. Like From the opening scene, my expectations were really, really high, and then they dropped down really, really low, and I kind of disliked it, and then they kind of ended in a medium. Um, But overall... This movie, I didn't really particularly feel as a drama, which I feel like some people say it's like, oh, it's a better drama than an action movie, but I felt like it was more of a thriller than anything else. I didn't really connect with the emotion or the drama, just like the intensity and thrillerness of it, but I really did enjoy it. Will Smith is super great in it. He's like the only character in the whole movie, pretty much, and he's great. The story and concept is really cool. Um, the music is great. Like it, it was definitely intense to watch and like I was really invested in like the intensity and kind of on the edge of my seat in a lot of good moments and it was it was well done um man there's a lot of things that I can't say without spoiling it so to answer the question would I recommend it because my minute's ending right here um yeah I'd recommend it. it especially if you haven't seen it before I think it's worth the watch I mean it's on Amazon Prime right now if you have Amazon Prime go stream it but yeah, I, I think it's worth a watch, especially if you haven't seen it before. I'm, I'm still kind of undecided if it's worth a rewatch, so you guys might sway me on that because I haven't quite solidified my opinion. But if you haven't seen it, I think it's worth watching one time if you're into the type of action thriller type movie with Will Smith. All right. Okay, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Okay, so this movie, the last, this movie came out in 2008. Is that right? I can't remember oh, what time it actually came out. It's been quite a while since it came out, so it's a kind of an older movie. And I realized that this that movie it's impressive. Like you can tell, you can know when when something's like CGI for sure, but the story of it isn't lost. And so this movie, in my opinion, is one of Will Smith's classic movies that you kind of just have to collect if you're a big fan of Will Smith and his his work. Um, it's a thriller suspense movie. Now, that being said, the longevity of it is a little interesting because um, I haven't watched it in a few years. And so me watching it again, I, it, I don't remember thing, things I remember are blurry. I know this happens and this happens, but not how it goes down. And so I still enjoyed the movie. I still felt the suspense and the, and the thrill from watching the movie. I will recommend this movie to those who really look for that. But also, this is a solid movie for like your buddies. With family, I'm not, not so sure because it's still very much like a suspense movie, so you can get kind of scared. But that's my spoiler wall. All right. All right, Kellen, that leaves you. All right, let's do this. Okay. Um, I freaking love this movie, guys. This has been one of my favorites for a long time. I, it's Part of it is because this type of movie, this thriller, suspenseful, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. 
So being able to watch this is, and like I, I remember our, Kate, Kate and I actually ended up watching it together after a certain scene. I was like, oh my gosh, like I've seen this like eight times, and my heart is beating right now. Like I can hardly breathe. Like it was just so intense, and I found myself like really just wrapped up in the whole movie. I was really caught up in it, and even though I knew exactly what was gonna happen, like how it was gonna go down, I, and I think a big part of that goes into how they set up each scene as well as the lighting and what you know i think this movie does a really cool job of breaking down what you know as the movie goes along um because like right from the beginning you don't really know exactly what's happening like you just and so it, it makes it very interesting and fun to watch um i could see why that would take away from the rewatchability later on dang it but i would totally recommend this movie great date night movie great buddy movie whatever you want, but I agree with Cade, not a family movie. All right, everybody, that is the uh, the basement binge spoiler wall, so if you have not go seen this movie, clearly recommend it, you know, especially if you're into this type of movie, which all three of us are, um, so yeah, also subscribe for more, we got a lot of great podcasts coming out, you know, Captain Marvel in our MCU binge that we've been talking about, in addition part of our quarantine special we're going to be getting into some more recent movies that came out last year so uh subscribe for that but if you want a little detail about what we're revealing our next episode uh go check out our audiograph they're pretty great uh podcast a listening site uh where you can get kind of exclusive access to some of our segments and some notes and kind of preview things so yeah if you want to sneak peek into what's happening next week go check out that but anyway on to the regular scheduled program Let's do this. All right, everybody. It's time for our two cents. We all get two minutes to talk about our first initial impression. So I want to go first uh, when you guys got a timer ready. All right. Okay, like I said in Spoiler Wall, this movie is sick. I have loved this movie. I remember the first time I actually... Okay, first memory of this, my parents went to the movie theaters, and they told us about it. It was like, wow, it's super intense. I was like, crap, I really want to see this. Because this came out when I was a real, like... I don't know, nine years older. So I was I was young, maybe ten or eleven, and I really wanted to watch it. And then I remember my grandma; she bought it when it came out on DVD, and everyone was watching it downstairs at my grandma's house, like my whole extended family. And I was down there, I was like, "This is sick! Like, I'm gonna watch I Am Legend, that movie my parents talked about." And then my mom came downstairs, and she got pissed at me because she didn't want me to see it because it was like super scary, and I got into nightmare like nightmares from a like from signs like a not as scary movie so she wouldn't let me watch it i was super pissed and i was like what the heck mom and so finally like a year later my mom finally let me watch it and so i finally didn't ever since i've watched this like eight times and man i forgot how sick the introduction is like i love the whole layout like talking news and then we see they're talking about this cure oh i've cured cancer and then it's just like boom silence you know you see the title come in and then you see three years later and you just see like an apocalyptic new york like you're like what the freak just happened dude you have no idea what's happening and then you just see like sports car come up like i don't know just the whole vibe of the movie was really captured i think in that first scene and it just hooks me every time like even though i watched this like i think like a year ago um it was just fantastic and oh my gosh this movie plays with your emotions like there's a couple good like chuckle scenes but man i get so sad watching this movie because like when freaking sam dies oh i teared up again like i just it's so sad and it totally like i could totally connect with the character i I, or at least could see why he does some of the stuff things he does at that point but wow i love this movie go watch it okay I'll go next. Okay, this movie, I, so here's, here's the premise. So I don't have, I don't own this movie. And so I had to go, go watch the movie with Kel. And so we were both kind of watching it together and it felt kind of good to do that. But it was, it's like, dang, this intro, it's like, just sets the tone. Like the whole movie, it's like, you know, we found this cure to this cancer, to cancer. Cause it's like the worst thing ever. Turns out it is, it's like, it's just horrible. Like how it's just you know how it all f- fell apart and everything and um, but the the setup movie of how Will Smith or Robert Neville lives and survives in New York he is a genius in every way 
and how smart like he's got generators. He's got he uses bleach to cover his tracks because the creatures can can track you down and and um, he's doing trials for the vaccine. He's just this massive genius who's surviving with his best friend, his dog Sam, and it's. Oh my gosh, it's just like, it's like there's no way anything can go wrong. But then everything goes wrong and like things are falling apart. And it's like, oh my gosh, like you are so scared. This is, here's the thing though, like the different, the feeling of being scared in this movie is a little different from like actual horror movies. Because horror movies, it's it's like it's meant to be scary. It has a different sort of vibe to it. When it, comes, when it comes, you post this movie, it's just, it's all about suspense. Because it's like, you, they put the character in this, in this scenario where like, he's he's in trouble. He has to get out of there. But like you don't you don't know if he just if something if he does this simple action, you don't know if it's gonna fall apart or if it's gonna. You just don't know. You really just don't know for a good, you know, five, six, seven minutes. You just don't really know what's going on, and you're just freaking out. You're like, oh my gosh! And so your heart's just beating so quick because it's so intense. So. This movie is one of the greatest movies, in my opinion. It's just it's just such a classic, if you really get caught into the suspense. Okay, I guess that leaves me here. Again, I'd never seen this movie before this watch, and um, I totally agree with Kelton. This movie opens in, like, one of the best ways I've seen a movie open in a long time. And so, let, like, it just... I mean, I already had good expectations from what you guys have told me about it and what I've heard about it, and then it starts... And the like, the credits haven't even finished, and there's like newscasting over it, and like just the the tone and mood it sets, like yeah, we cured cancer to like, boom, silence, post apocalyptic, New York with Will Smith and his dog, like it just is a super super good intro to the movie, and like really raised my expectations instantly, and like probably in like three minutes of the film, I was ready to say like on the podcast, I was expecting to say like this is gonna be my top ten because it just is like open so good. And then it just like kind of struggled from then on um, for me. And I, I'll i just say this now. I'm probably just a heartless person, but like the emotion did not connect with me at all. Like that scene where Sam dies, like I knew it was sad. And like I wanted to feel sad and wanted to feel the emotion with Will Smith's character. And I just like didn't. Like, you know when you like, uh, yeah, I just like wanted to connect with the emotion, but I just couldn't. Maybe I'm just heartless. Who knows? But um the thriller, like, action-y, like, intense part of it is what kept me going the whole time. Um, and so maybe that's why I'm having more of a problem with it because I feel like this movie is more of a drama than it is a thriller. And the drama, emotion part of it didn't really connect with me. Um, so it's mainly just a thriller for me. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I I can't really decide where it happened, but it just kind of went downhill for me, and I just was like, oh, man, this movie's not as good as I expected. But the whole time, like, the, but there was a never mo- never a moment where, like, I wasn't enjoying it. Like, I enjoyed it all the way through, but just as expectations went down a little bit. Um, yeah. So, uh, I got 10 seconds to say something, but Will Smith is great. That's what I was going to say. Will Smith, like, to be a solo cast in this movie, pretty much, he carries it super, super well. And I love his character, like Kate said. So, I'll throw in my little section here, because I've never seen the movie before. Our section doesn't live up. So, we talk about kind of why we picked the movie, the kind of the expectations the person not seen it had, and if it lived up to those expectations. But I want to ask you guys, like, I know you guys have mentioned this movie so many times before, particularly Kelton talks about how much he loves it. Like, I know he kind of said it in your two cents, but, like, what is, like, one thing that you, like, watch it so frequently? Or, like, why would you want to share it? Because you ta- you mentioned it frequently. So, like, what was your reason? Yeah. So, like, why I've watched it so many times? Yeah, why you watched it so many times? But also, like, you, both of you guys can answer this. Like, you two, like, heavily recommended this movie almost from the beginning of the podcast. Like, why was it such a high, frequent recommend for you guys over so many other things? Um, I would say probably this is one of the first movies I watched that was a thriller. And so it made me, like, fall in love with the genre. And so being, I don't know, just the whole idea of where I get to watch someone live and, like, do something so, like, intense. I don't know. I just, the way I see movies, I just really connect with characters that way. I feel like I'm living in the moment. Like, for me, like, when I, it's, like, the same when I read a book. At least the, when I read a book, I feel like I am living life through the character's eyes. And so, 
like I'm totally like sucked into the world or it's like kind of weird to like take a step back and like stop reading a book or something um and I feel like with the thriller genre I feel like I'm in the very same like situation so like watching Will Smith sneak through this freaking blacked out like warehouse bank thing you know with the light and he keeps covering it and like He's trying to find his dog, and he knows there's, like, something in the freaking mansion or whatever. And he's just going through, like, I don't know. I just really get, like, sucked into that. Like, I just, I, like, like start holding my breath, and I just, like, riveted on what is happening. And so this, I, I say I've watched this so many times is because this is the first movie that started me loving thrillers and, like, suspenseful films. All right. Well, for me, it was like the reason why I connect with this movie so much is because I don't know. For me, like I've there's times where like, you kind of daydream, you kind of doze off, and just kind of think about like what would happen if like it was the end of the world. What would I do? I would get an assault rifle, a machine gun, and I would just like bunker down and I, and I have a dog. Like it's just like kind of like what I would imagine. So seeing that they made a movie out of this is like oh, this is so cool. It's Will Smith, my favorite character. And or my favorite actor, and it's like I want to see him. As he pull it off, it's like whoa! Like that totally do that. I would hunt for deers in New York. Oh yeah, I totally do that. And like, you know, you kind of, you kind of like, you just. It's such an interesting topic, and the way they and the whole story and how it wraps around it. I just. It's also one of my first thrillers of the movie. So to me, it's a classic thriller. Um, but man, it's just, it's just one of those movies where if they just did something differently, kind of like Revenge of the Sith and Infinity War, where like if they just did something, just, if they just did this just a little different, they could win, or they would avoid this scenario where someone wouldn't die or something like that. And that's one of those movies for me. It's like you can, I can watch it again. It's like you just, you just, I'm a, I'm hoping that they change it, but even though it doesn't, it's just a good. It's a salt. It's so, one of the more like greatest stories, in my opinion. I forgot to mention this movie is actually based off of a book. And the book is completely different than the movie. Um I don't want to spoil the book for anyone, but the ending is huge. Like it's it's like a crazy ending that like blows your mind. It's complete the movie doesn't even touch up on like the ending of the book cuz it's nuts. And it's very different from the movie. So if you guys like I'd say if you did enjoy the movie or if you didn't, like, it'd be really cool to go check out and read the book as well. I think it's called just I Am Legend the same. Um, but, yeah, I I found the movie more interesting for me, but I still very much enjoyed the book too. So if you, you guys, you should check out the book as well because it's, it's pretty cool. All right. So to my expectations, what kind of were they going in and did it live up to them? Uh, I'm curious though. Before I get into that, have did you guys know that there's an alternate ending movie version of this? Did is I it like the that? animated one? No, it's like it's got Will Smith in it. Like it's Warner Brothers made or whoever made this movie made an alternate ending to it. Have I did not know it? that. I have not seen this. I've seen if the animated Goog- one. If you Google it and just type in. I am Legend Alternate. They even have like a DVD, like Blu-ray release of the alternate, and you can even like rent it on Amazon. The alternate ending. So, I only knew that because when I was looking to get this movie on Amazon, I knew it was on Amazon Prime. So I clicked on it, went to watch, it, and then like underneath it, it has the suggestions, and it said I am Legend Alternate Ending. I was like, what? So then I like did some googling and figured it out, and like I didn't watch anything. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that there was an alternate ending that was produced and made. So I think that drastically, and I bring this up because I feel like the viewing experience of the first time you watch a movie drastically changes your expectations forever. So like I watched the movie expecting it for it to end in a way where I needed an alternate ending, where like the movie would end in a way that they would grant a reason that the studio would go ahead and make an alternate ending. So I was like almost like expecting it to be bad so that like, you you know what I mean? Like, oh, if there's an alternate ending out there, there's got to be a reason that it was made. It's probably just not good. So, like, it, I was just waiting for it to be bad. So, the, I, it ended. I watched the movie, disliked the ending, went and watched the alternate ending, and then hated the alternate ending, and then realized that the original ending was way better, and that I should, like, I wish I wouldn't have known about the alternate ending and just, like, accepted the original as the end because I feel like I would have responded to it much better. Because in thinking about it, like, it is an actually good ending. I have a lot of positive things to say about the ending, but, like, I feel like that drastically affected the way I thought about the movie 
because I was waiting for it to be bad at some point so that I could go and watch the later made thing that was better, if that makes sense. And it was totally the other way around. So that kind of affected it. Um, so my expectations were actually kind of high from you guys. I just like knew that it was the type of genre like thriller, suspenseful action movie that we like. We all like kind of like the post-apocalyptic sci-fi movies. I know we're kind of in the same thing. So I was expecting it to be really good. And then it started and that like skyrocketed my expectations. And then it just, I think I just raised them too high. It just didn't live up to them. But it was good. Like I'm not saying it was bad. I, I just realized I had really, really high expectations for it. While also like having the expectation that it would fail at the end and that I would need an alternate ending. I don't know. It was just weird. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, does it live up? I don't know. In a weird kind of way, yes, it does. But in another way, no, it doesn't. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if, if you're curious, go watch the alternate ending. So actually, no, don't. It's not good. No, I take that back. Don't watch the alternate ending. It is not worth it. I, well, I, I think I'm like going it. to now just because like, I love <laughs> this movie. And just for the sake of the movie, I got to see like what else they came up with and see if I like it or not. So I wonder if the alternate ending follows the book. I doubt it. But I'm going to go check it out. So I'm curious. I'll have to ask yeah. you after you watch it if it follows the book because I'm curious. How long is so, it? Do you know? Is it like 15 minutes or something? Like five minutes. Like five. Oh, like okay. I know that the, I know that the scene on youtube isn't like the full thing like it cuts off like the first minute and also and like it it, no matter i'm sure i'd buy it and would have a different ending but like it like ends incompletely like i'm like okay this part of the movie is i'm trying not to spoil it but like okay this isn't gonna spoil anything but the part of the movie at the end where he blows up himself with a grenade and like self-sacrifices that part is completely different but it just like ends right there like like something in that moment is different and then it ends so, like, the scene with the colony at the end, like, isn't even a thing, at least in the alternating. So, like, it, although I don't like the alternating, I have a lot of questions, like, so did you just end the movie there? But, like, what? <laughs> you know, do you cut off that, like, last minute? I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. We'll have to talk about it after. I'm curious what you think. Yeah. Okay. I'm watching it right now, actually. <laughs> your your face like showed that you weren't paying attention and i was like what is he doing <laughs> you're watching all their that's funny dang well it's like it's like three minutes three and a half minutes frank i kind of want to watch it live right now too okay just go watch it then we can talk about it because i feel okay. like it like really genuinely really affected my way going through this movie because the whole time i was like it's got to be bad it's got to end on a bad note that there was a reason that the studio would make another ending like and then you watch it. And I'm like, that was awful. Why didn't Why didn't I just stick with the original ending? You know I what I see? What I mean? What Kate? the? What? Okay. Do want Do we want to pause and wait or? So, Kelton, don't don't spoil the book because I'm probably gonna read it. But like, was that alternate ending closer or further away to the book? Closer. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But. It wasn't it, but it was definitely closer. A well, lot. I'm glad that closer. wasn't it, because I hated that ending. <laughs> like the that was ending? weird. Like, yeah, yeah, the alternate one. I was so confused. I feel like okay. that ending took away from the entire movie. Yeah. So like everybody, it was, it was like so different. Like they wanted to do like a exceed or was it exceed expectations or was it like oh subvert expectations where like take a complete different direction, but like. It was, like this, it was super intense, that whole ending scene, and then it was like, oh, we just want the alpha alpha female. Just give it back to us, and we won't touch you when you're giving it back to us, and we're actually kind of human, and we're just monsters or animals, practically. It's just kind of like... Well... Yeah, every, everybody go watch the alternate ending, because we're gonna, totally going to spoil it here. If you don't want to go watch the alternate ending, I'll just explain super quick. At that end scene, where the crazy dude is banging on the glass, and it turns into a butterfly, instead of him... Turning or instead of Will Smith's character turning around and seeing the butterfly on Anna's neck, he sees a butterfly. Or no, 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 it's different. The like alpha dude, the dude who like ran out in the sun. He like draws a butterfly with his own blood on the glass, and then he turn. And then Will Smith turns and looks at like the monster that he's been experimenting on, and sees a butterfly tattoo on her neck. So like the dude just wants his wife back, which I kind of like. I knew like from the second that that dude ran out into the sun on purpose. I knew that he was going to be connected to the one that Will took from the beginning. But anyway, 
So then uh, Robert or Will Smith's character, whatever his name is, pushes the little thing, like experimentation table out, gives it back to the dude. They have like some weird like love, like human moment. And Will Smith's character realizes that they're a little more human than he thought. And then that's the less that I saw. Like maybe I didn't get the rest of it, but that was everything that I saw. Like it just kind of ends there. Like they just walk away with the alpha female. Yeah, well, I there are a lot of things I didn't like. First off, I didn't like the close-ups of the zombies or of the infected people because it made them look like zombies. Like their yeah. mouths are open, they're just like, eh, and it was like it was weird. It, it did not fit the rest of the vibe. I think of how they were portrayed in the movie. So I thought that was super strange. And then I think that completely sends a whole different message about the movie. It completely negates the entire reason of why he had flashbacks of his family and like i don't know it was i did not like that i could see where they're coming from but I, it I was, just i it just takes away from the whole movie i feel like i feel like I that, that it, ending needs a different movie yeah i agree because I, I was gonna say it for all in fall in but i'll say it now like i felt like this movie showed will smith struggling with the loss of his wife and I like feeling a responsibility that he himself took upon himself to save mankind and to keep that promise to his daughters that he's going to make the monsters go away. Like that's his, that's why he's stuck around and keeps living for three years. Isn't just cause he wants to live with his dog, Sam, like, like Sam serves a more like momentary need that he has, but like his long-term living purpose is to cure the monsters. Like he promised his daughter. And then like, he succeeds at that to the point where, like, he gives his life and becomes the legend that the movie is named after by creating a cure and giving it to Anna and letting them escape. Like, he succeeds and becomes a legend because of it. Where with the alternate ending, like, he becomes a monster. Like, he's the bad guy because he's been experimenting on these people that are somehow now human. And despite how many people they killed, like, that makes him the bad guy. It's just like, what the heck? Like, where did that come from? Like... I am the monster should be the name of the movie at that point. Like it just, it was so. Uh, it just I ruins really, everything. I really want you guys to read the book now. Gosh, dang it, dude! It's I've nuts. read, I've read like I almost finished the book. Then for some reason I wasn't able to finish it, but I read the beginning parts of it. I know in the, I know in the book this doesn't spoil it at all, but he has a drinking problem in the movie in the book. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's weird though is that the monsters are portrayed differently. They're more made out to be like vampires, and but they're still like they talk to like Robert Neville and stuff. Oh, Robert, that's it's really weird. So yeah. okay, I'm I'm probably not gonna read the book for a long time. So Kelton, if you don't mind, Cade, I want Kelton to tell us what he thinks with his insights <laughs> of the book. Everybody else, if you don't want the book, skip a high to skip ahead to twenty eight forty three. Yeah, Cade, are you cool with me telling the ending? Okay. All right. So what if I, I read this back in like eighth grade. So this is based off memory, but what happens is that he, so these vampire things keep trying to like get him to come out so they could turn him into a vampire and he never listens. And then the end, I think he's like killing a bunch. Something's happening. And all of a sudden, like the government shows up and like they lock him in this room and, um, he's all like, trying to figure out what the heck's going on like there's people alive that are like normal but they're all like they're weird like they're not like they're human but they're kind of not if i remember they're like pale they're all like super pale and then they so they basically come and they tell him like um that he is now the virus kind of like that these that humans have basically like evolved in this and they're still human it's just different way of life and he's the one like refusing to move on so he is made like it's kind of like the, like he's made out to what? be like kind of like the monster, and like um, how the book ends is like he's talking about like I am the last one, I am the last human, I am legend. Like that's kind of how like the book ends. But it's really because it like throws it back. It's like you're totally on his side the entire time, and then like the way the way the the book breaks it down is like these people show up it's like you're ruining the way of life like this is how life is like they lock him up in this room and they're like basically saying he's the monster kind of thing if that is i know that's the general idea i'm sure it's phrased a lot better and it makes a lot more sense when you read the book i'm sure you could just look it up too on like spark notes or something but yeah that's that's how the book ends 
Dang, that that kind of like fits like what I felt like they were trying to do at the end. That like yeah, that almost like the monsters or beasts or vampires or whatever they are, like they had evolved and had become the new normal or the new human. And Will Smith's character was the one that was now the deadly virus who was was refusing to move on. You know, like yeah, kind of. That's like the vibe of the book. And that like he was a legend in a bad way. Like instead of being the legend in a positive way at the end of the movie, he's now a legend in the bad way. Yeah. But interesting. Yeah, I like I said, I've always liked the movie a lot more. I like the ending more. I didn't like like the book when I don't know. When you kinda get that throw wild ending like that, you kinda feel like, huh? Like kind of law at like at a loss. Their their expectations are subverted like, so much. Really? Like, like, huh? What? I know, it's a little unsatisfying, and it's hard to, like, read a book, like a character, where it's like, oh, he's the hero, he's trying to survive, and then at the end being told he's a bad guy, and you're like, huh? So, I still liked the book, it was fun to read, but I've loved the movie infinitely more. But yeah, the alternate ending's whack. I, I could, like I said, I see where they're trying to go with it, but it just sent a lot of different messages that I feel like did not go along with the entire movie at all so i i'll kind of get this when we move on to pick your poison but i want to give this movie another chance later like not tomorrow not in a few weeks like a year from now when i've realized that the alternate ending was stupid and it wasn't worth the time that i gave it and like just you know kind of let myself move on from this bad experience i had with it because i was so focused on the alternate ending that ended up being horrible and like come back to it. i think my opinion of the movie would be much better want to give it a second chance but it's gonna i like i know that it's gonna take a while for me to get there yeah makes sense yeah that was that was a weird vibe not gonna lie that was kind of whack like, what the heck but, this is <laughs> yeah well, bro, dude. what you gonna do all right i think i i think we're ready for pick your poison yeah let's move on this segment this is the segment where we choose how worthy is this movie for whether you never watch it again you um, watch it on a streaming service, such as Amazon Prime, as we mentioned earlier, and to rent it, spend a couple of bucks to watch it, or to buy it yourself. Um, I'll start first with my, my poison. I'll pick buying this movie. Cause, and, you know, they, this, this podcast was a little interesting because it was an alternate ending with everything and all, but, like, the movie as itself, while coming home, like, the movie ended... And just kind of sat back in my seat like, I need to buy this movie, you know. I've been wanting to buy this movie so I can watch it whenever I want. Because it's such a good movie. It's just solid. Like, it's just one of those movies where it's a, almost kind of a culture kind of thing. Because it was made in 2007. 2007. And um, I just, the way that it was made was so good. And so I, I want to buy this movie. I've been wanting to buy a movie for, this movie for a while. It took me forever I didn't watch it when it, right came, when it straight came out. I was kind of the same thing with Kelton. Uh, my my mom, our mom was a little hesitant in having a sh- us watch this movie because it was really intense and scary. Because, you know, back then, I don't know if anyone knows the movie Signs. Um, I forgot who's ever in it. I think it's got Joaquin Phoenix in it. Yeah. And, um, but it's, as a kid, watching that, we watched that movie as a kid, and that that freaked us out. And so when this movie came along, my mom was like, okay, you probably shouldn't watch this movie because that scared you. But she was wrong, and we both love this movie. But I, I want to buy it. And I, I forgot that I, I love this movie. So that's my poison. What do you got, Kelton? This is a buy. Straight up, simple as that. I want to own this movie. All right, I guess that leaves me. So I will, uh, at this point in time, it would be a pretty close never watch again, maybe teetering towards stream. But I want to give it, I want to like this movie more. So I'm going to promise myself that it's a rent and I'll put a reminder in my phone for like a year from now to rewatch this movie (laughs) because I want to like it. Like this is the genre that I like. I like Will Smith. I know you guys like it. And And like, I just feel like my, experience of it was so negatively impacted by that alternate ending and i also set my expectations way too high with that opening and it just like led to a bad experience so for now i'll give it a rent i will watch it later because i want to like it not because i do right now but because i want to (laughs) so all right right. i guess we'll just move on to binge points now so this is easter eggs details fun things we noticed in the movie that are 
of significance or not at all. Um, I'll go first. This movie was made in 2007, but the time frame is 2012. So I guess the movie was predicting that in 2012 there was going to be a Batman v Superman movie, which which I didn't realize until the end, until now talking about it. This movie is made by Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is the studio that also has the rights to the DC movies and made Batman v Superman. So maybe they were like advertising their own plans for the future, like, hey, everybody, in 2012 we're going to have a Batman v Superman movie. Did they? Except Did that for, movie come out? It came out much later, right? Like 2017 or 18 or something like that. So yeah, that that was it. One thing I noticed is like um, in that movie is the the camera angles are so like important of how they, you know, it's just so. Oh, I love how they angle stuff. Like one point where his dog dies and that they have the camera they kind of like in front of the the car and the car stops and it keeps moving away, and that, that scene is kind of long to show like it's just. Uh, Robert Neville is, just feels so empty because he lost, you know, his best friend. Um, but also, when in the very beginning, when he's oh, when he's working out, he opens a fridge to go grab something out, out of there, and you see on the um, the fridge where it shows his face on the Time magazine saying "Savior?" question mark. And so, yeah, you can't your your eyes draw attention to that, and I, was, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, there was actually another scene like that when he's raiding one of the houses. He opens a cupboard and it shows a picture of the ferret, like the rabid dogs, like the zombie dogs. And that's where the first time we learned that we're like, dogs can get infected. And so it kind of, that's a setup for later on when we know like Sam gets hurt by infected dogs and eventually turns into an infected dog. But yeah, there were like a lot of scenes like that too. Like, I don't know, for some reason there's one scene I love when Robert Neville is hunting the deer right after he's hitting golf balls off of the jet and he's going down with Sam and he tells Sam to follow the deer and that's when Sam runs into the building. But like right after he tells Sam to like run off, he does like the sound thing. But like when he steps off the car to go keep hunting, like it goes inside the car and we get to see his foot step on the windshield and it cracks and like he keeps going. I don't know, that sounds like a super stupid thing to like, but I thought that was really cool. I feel like it added to the scene and kind of to the whole feel of there are, like, no rules now. Like, how different society is that, you know, you can just walk on cars and break. I don't know, it sounds super dumb to voice, but I still feel like it added to the scene and that yeah, I like, enjoyed. When that happened, it was, I kind of noticed, so everything was going fine, his life, like, he found a deer, he can keep going, he can go hunting with his dog, and then... He walks over the, the car and the windshield breaks. And then after that, his whole world's kind of like twisted up now. Where the dog runs into the building. He's like, oh, crap. Like kind of crap is the fan when, he, when that windshield cracks. It's kind of like it's this world that Robert Neville made. And now it, there's, a, there's a hole in it. And now there's, everything's falling apart. Hmm. Yeah, but um, one thing I, I kind of a cool. We're on binge points now, right? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I also really liked was how much thought and like writing went into the I feel like this um, sanity part like of how Will Smith or Robert Never was dealing with being in isolation or like three years alone with just his dog every human is gone and he is fighting against like infected group of people like, you see there's so many moments of where he, things he has done to, like, I don't know, live as a human. Like, because every human has needs and, like, you need that social aspect. So, like, when he goes to the video game or the video store to rent a movie, he sets up mannequins and he talks to them, which, you know, like, oh, that's crazy. But, like, it was necessary for him to be able to cope and, like, live and keep doing what he was doing. Or, like, how he would talk to his dog and, like, chat with him, which I'm sure all of us even do that now, like, not even apocalyptic anything. But I think, uh, I thought it was really cool, very realistic how that showed how Robert Neville needed to do certain things to, like, to be able to cope and, like, continue surviving. Yeah, like, he, he can just take all the movies home with him and watch it, but he, like, he set up the, 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 TV, the DVD store, had movies there, set up mannequins so he can go to the store to get a movie does like that norm normal feel and then talk to those mannequins like that's that's great writing 
I also love like how much detail went into like his taste in Bob Marley and the naming his daughter Marley. Like, I, I there's just like a lot of moments where it's like simple things that you could pass over add like a lot of details that like like that like what am i trying to say here the way the movie goes and the way it ends you don't need like the mannequin was kind of important because that's kind of how he gets caught but that could have happened in so many different ways like the mannequins in the movie store and him talking to them not super important like there's different ways that those events could have been brought out but it like adds so much realness and like good writing to the character of robert and like also just like the character of a human I really, really like yeah. that. Yeah, I, yeah, that makes me think about as we see, you know, you could really get super complex here, but as you see the difference in like a human, and because we know, and the human and the infected, because we know Robert never brings up like all like social tendencies of being human is completely absent. Like, so you could see it kind of just is a good contrast to see what humans do and what needs we have compared to like someone who doesn't have those yeah i don't know if you guys me and kelton caught up on it but robert neville has ocd and like that helped him like when he was setting up his food storage like he took off a uh, can of something and he put another one on and like he he moves it so the the label is facing toward him and like when he when those when the daughter when the girl and the the kids show up at his house they they set up like a a meal for him he sits down and he moves the cups in a certain way and the napkins and the plate. But he adjusts it. So he, like, I noticed that he had OCD almost. Or he did. Yeah, we and we figured out. That helped, that could, that could possibly help you. That adds so much more to the character. That's cool. Like, not just, like, the little things he does, but, like, the emotion behind the character. That's really cool. Yeah, and we, we Kid and I talked about how, like, that would totally be, like, a benefit an apocalypse kind of thing because it would really help you like be prepared which we see robert neville had like rigged his house with spotlights with explosives he had a grenade like in some random drawer downstairs he had like guns all throughout the house like and also like the food storage he's going to be able to survive off that for years and like live and like just his whole organized way like really adds to why he's been able to survive for so long why he's been able to do so much i'm sure he's the kind of guy if he needs to do something to survive, he'll research up on it, learn about it, see what he needs to do. Like, is this guy, he's making a vaccine. This guy, he knows how to, like, of, like disguise himself, like, like get rid of his scent. He knows how to, like, operate a gun, search houses, like, cook, like, organ. Like, he's just doing everything. He's, like, the perfect, like, survivalist guy. So, I don't know, I thought it was pretty cool to, like, see that he was OCD and, like, kind of the tendencies he had. I also loved how the movie didn't reveal, like, everything all at once of why he's surviving. Like, the first thing, like, one of my first questions is, like, how come he didn't get infected? Like, how he's survived for three years without getting infected, and it's because he's immune? But, like, they didn't reveal that until later. Like, it would have been really easy to have the Star Wars text crawl where it explains every capacity and reason that he explained, and, like, that he's alive and, like... And then, like, it does, it waits until the very end to explain, like, when the virus happened, this amount of people died, these amount of people became night breeders or whatever night stalkers whatever they call them and these type of people were immune and like it lets the it lets you develop what's going on it doesn't tell you all at once which i thought was really really good but then like i also feel like there's not a lot of plot armor if you guys have ever heard that phrase where it's like oh how is he alive well just because but it's like the reason he's good with gun is because he's in the military the reason that he's good with the vaccines is because like that's He's a vaccinist in the military. The reason that he's so organized is maybe because of his OCD. The reason that he never got um, hurt was because he or infected. He works out all the time. He works out like there's not just like oh he's just like Superman. Like why does he have a dog? Well, it's because his daughter gave to him. Like taking care of a dog is probably so much more work than just taking care of himself. But he keeps the dog because it means something from his daughter. Like nothing was just there just because. Like everything has a reason, and I really really like that. Yeah, it just like not Robert Neville. Like he by himself, he can control the world that he lives in because there's no one else to interfere with it. And then like when people, when those those two people showed up and they interfere with his life, which was a good thing. Like he said, like he wanted to find someone, like anybody out there, you know, 
say something, you know, and then they finally show up and like, hey, we're here. We've heard your radio signal and stuff. And he's like, I need some, I need some time alone. And it's like, what? <laughs> like he needs a minute to like, you know, like to see like this, these are real people and they're alive and they have different opinions and stuff like that. But Oh, another thing I was going to say, this is kind of going back to the insane, like the same thing is he like every day he's watching the news, but it's just like recorded stuff, you know? You know, just, and, like, watch, I'm sure when we see he quotes, like, Shrek line for line, like, which, honestly, probably would happen, because you watch a movie so many times, and, like, I don't know, I just thought it was, like, cool. It's like, oh, yep, that I could see, like, someone totally listen to a ton of Bob Marley music or memorizing a movie or, like, anything like that, so I like that, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're ready to Makes it way more human. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think we're ready to move on. All right. This is our least and likes, least favorite scene, and our favorite scene. I'll go first. My least favorite scene is when Robert Neville kind of freaks out on What's-Her-Face, the girl who saves him, and he starts going off on how, because she believes, like, there, well, she believes that there's, like, a colony, and he asks why. She's like, I just know, because God told me, and then he kind of freaks out. And tells her like there is no God, and that I I did not like that it. And you know obviously he makes up for it at the end. You know how he's like oh I've been listening like I realize what why you came here, so I think that was really cool. But it's just like hard to hear, because I get like not to get too deep here. I get that people have different beliefs and stuff like that, um, but I don't like it because it Robert never kind of takes on this whole idea to like convince this girl that there is no God. And that's where I'm like, okay, what the heck? Like, come on, man. And I don't know. It's just, it was really, like, harsh to listen to, I think. Part is because I do believe in God, and I believe that, you know, God can, like, talk to us. And so watching someone tell, even though it's, like, a movie and everything, I just didn't enjoy that. Yeah, I that scene was a little weird. And the way she explained it, that she knows, like, you know, it's God's plan and stuff, it was a little weird how she explained it. And so... Um, Robert Neville kind of freaks out like he just has all these scientific reasons of like you know this many people got infected this many people are immune to it everybody's dead and he's like just trying to convince like solidly and it's kind of a weird vibe to it um, my least favorite scene I'd have to say um, oh it's kind of hard there's a lot of really good scenes um, the one scene I thought was a little weird uh, it was when he goes up to the mannequin where he like he had this whole premise with his dog like I don't know what I don't know what to say to her like how do I say hi go up and say hey do you want to see some mutated rats <laughs> when he's in the when he's in the cornfield that was funny but I'm talking about like, when he finally like, he loses his dog goes up to the mannequin and says hi that whole point where you see he's he's beginning to become insane like, he's starting to lose his lose his mind and then he goes out and goes kamikaze on the on the hive and he goes to kill them all and it doesn't work um that whole part was like that was a weird scene when he's trying to t- talk to the mannequin it's like oh man he's really lost he's really he's really lost it now you know but uh see actually i actually gotta disagree with you there and just because i feel like he was doing like fulfilling a promise to a friend kind of thing i i got more of the vibe like it was out of respect to like sam because he told sam he was going to talk to her so I don't know, like, I feel like that shows, like, kind of the mourning, like, the different stages of grief people have. If I were to, like, make a promise to someone and they, if they were to pass away, I would really, like, out of respect towards that person, feel like I should do that thing I promised. I don't know. That's what I got from it. I mean, that's, you took it differently, which is fine. But I, I agree yeah. with Kelton on the promise part, but my least favorite scene is the scene where he's in his car, like, trying to run over all of them, like... Like, I, I understand that he's grieving and he has emotion, but, like, this guy has lived a calculated life for three years. I'm sure that before he makes decisions, even if emotion is connected to it, I mean, he lost his daughter and his wife. He, he's gone through grief before, and that doesn't make it any easier. But, like, I feel like it was just so uncharacteristic. Like, it, it's a natural human thing to do, but I feel like he has lived a calculated, like, cause and effect analytical life for three years that it was like did you not think about what would happen like did you really i don't know i just i just didn't like it but 
Yeah, my favorite scene though is the scene where Sam is hiding in that bank. That it, that scene yeah. was intense. Oh like, my gosh, that scene was so intense. Hon- honorable mention though is the opening. I've talked about it a ton. The opening is just so good. Um, it's set up so well. The the favorite though is when that just like it's so the dark. dog runs into the dark oh. building. And you're like, no, don't go in there. Yeah, that was that was my favorite. I 100% agree. It, and like I said, I've watched this so many times, and I turned over to Kate after he jumps out through the window and, like, survives and everything. I was like, dude, my heart was beating so fast. It was just so intense. I was totally wrapped up to it. I just think it's just a great scene. I loved it. So that's my favorite scene, too. Kate? Is yeah, that your favorite that's, scene That's well? my favorite scene. It was so... Like, the whole thing, where the point where he's like, Sam, I gotta go. Like, I gotta go with Sam. He's, like, still looking for him. And it's like, you hear this noise. I don't, still don't know. So was it the infected people that killed the the deer, or was it Sam that killed the deer? Yeah. That was an infected. Because, like, you hear, what's the thing that's crazy about that is you hear the roar of the infected and, like, hear this big old smash. And that's when Robert covers up the light and he's freaking out. And he's like, crap, did they just, like, find Sam, you know, because he doesn't know. And then he go. He sees the giant blood stain up the stairs, and he sees like it looks like it could be the nose of a dog. And you're like, "Frick, is that Sam?" Like, "Oh my gosh!" And then he goes up, and then he sees the deer, and you're like, "Okay." So I'm sure there was like a infected person like chilling right there, like dormant or whatever. And the deer ran into it, so it freaked out, and then it like went upstairs and like went back to chilling or something. But yeah, it it did make the scene that much more tense. Like the first, I was like, "Crap, is that the dog?" Like, "Oh my gosh." And so, it, yeah, it, it's cool because it sets up like, crap, something's here, you know? So it just makes it that much more intense. You don't know where it is, and you just, like, cover up the yeah. light. Yeah, like... it's in the dark. You're just like, Frank, keep the light off, but on at the same time, like... But the worst part, he sees it, he's like, close, he sees the hive, he's like, and he's walking on cash. And he's like, it's really crumply, and he's like, Frank, dude, There's I gotta get board. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really like that scene, though, that, like, it wasn't that he stepped on something like and snapped a twig type of thing and got him all to turn around like he he made it through that part okay it was later yeah. like you know kind of subverted the typical expectation there which i really liked it was just a really good scene well done yeah yeah i agree all right time for our fallen segment kid yeah let's take it away this is the meat of the podcast i mean we've already dived into it quite a few times this is a pretty interesting podcast right now but this is where we talk about the messages the hidden message in the movie that connects to us connects to life connects it's a short overall message of what the movie wanted to betray as and so this is this is it this is it let's get to it um i'll start with my pick i think one thing was i uh, one thing i wanted i wanted to point out um for this was when they were driving there when robert neville was taking his wife and his, and his kid to get out of uh, New York Island, and he's talking to him, and the do- and the wife is like, "Did it just go? Did it just jump? Did it go airborne?" He's like, "Crap!" It's like just things are getting worse, and he's like, he turns to her, he's like, "Like you need to get out of here with us, you need to leave." And he's like, he's like, "No, like this is ground zero. I can still fix this." And so that's that whole conversation. What he said in that conversation, in that conversation to his wife. When the girl and the son show up, he says the exact same thing to them when they mentioned to go to Virginia to do that like that um, camp that's closed off. He says the exact same thing what he said to his wife three years ago. And when I watched this movie this time, I realized that he is stuck in that moment, and he's just he's constantly from what what the movie portrays, he's he's constantly thinking about that day where he loses his family. And that he and he, he gets Sam as the dog, and that he like he lost them. He's like, I can still fix this. I can still fix this. Where he that's just his complete dedication to it, to where he can control his own world. He locks everything down, and but he dreads the nights where the monsters come out and they're like looking for him. Or they're just trying to do. They're just going out and doing stuff, and he dreads that day. But he's like he's stuck in that moment three years ago. To the point where this girl shows up and actually presents a different idea. He refuses it because he's like, I still need to fix this. His mind just on, is like on repeat. So trying to fix it. And that's his life. And now he has to kind of adapt a little bit. And that's really hard to see him move on. 
And so I think that's a really good thing to point out is that sometimes people, whether it's a traumatic experience or uh, something that they want to accomplish, um, insanity is, you know, trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. And in the end of this movie, he kind of reveals that uh, Robert Neville is 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 experiencing something similar to that, and that you, you know, you might have a thought of like this is I have a one track mind of like I need to accomplish this goal. It might be just to get over a loss of somebody or to accomplish a goal in school, work, or you know, some sort of sporting event or some sort of just goal that you want for yourself personally. Is that I just had a thought, like, there's a story where this hockey player was trying to become better. He was training and training and training, and he hit this wall. Like, he just couldn't get past it. And he, he met, um, was it Ronaldo? Uh, he, I don't know. It's a, it's a very, it might be Ronaldo, but he meets him, the famous soccer player. He's, like, super good, and he asks, like, how are you so successful? And he explained like his routine, like I go to gym every day, I, I work out, I train, I practice all the time and stuff. Like I just can't get past this wall. I, I haven't scored a goal in like a couple of, in quite a few games. And I just don't know what to do. I, I change things, and then yeah, I'm like I have this diet and everything. And then the the soccer player tells him, go eat a cheeseburger. It's like go change your completely go off your entire routine, like just trash it for one day and go eat a cheeseburger. And it was so odd, and so the hockey player ended up doing that. And the next day, it was a, it was a game. And he went and played that game. And he scored five goals in that game. And like that message where you got you have to change up your routine or like your you yourself just to adjust and adapt to new situations and stuff. And I think that's one that's one one of the messages that this shows is that you know you might think that you have it all together, or you might think that you have it figured out that you just need to get a little little more time to to get toward your goal but actually you need to change it completely than what you thought it was to achieve that goal or to really find inner peace or just solace in yourself i mean that's one thing i that's one message that i thought this movie was portraying what do you guys think i i agree with a, a lot of what you said i mine is like if Kelton has something to say, I'm I'm tired with waiting because mine's like kind of taking a step out of the movie into real world. But I agree with what you said 100%, Kellen. or Cade. I agree with you, Cade. But Kellen, do you did you have anything? Um. Yeah, there's I get something from this every time, like something different. Um. I just think it's really cool. This for this podcast, I would just bring up. I don't know, just the whole idea of listening. I thought that was really cool. And it, for those of any of our listeners who aren't religious, that's okay. Like, I feel like that, that idea of being able to listen can apply to a lot of different things. Um, whether it's like your own needs, like being able to listen to something that you don't know you are struggling with and being able to listen to what your body needs, or your mind needs, and being able to make the change to help yourself or whether it's someone else. And, um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of power in listening and I kind of got taught. Yeah. That's what I got from watching. I am legend today. Just the ability to listen and the ability to act on it in, um, a good way. I really like that. So that's it. I know that's like a small fall in, but that's just kind of my thought process right now. I like it. I, li- I like what both of you guys had to say. I, uh, I, the only thing that I really had to say was, um, um, I just lost my train. Oh, what I said earlier about the alternate ending, about like how he lives up to the commitment to his daughter, and he becomes a legend because of it, to the point where like he is the legend who saved humanity from a virus. Um, and then uh, something that's been on my mind is like kind of like the state of the world and the coronavirus, and how like life is really, really different right now, and life has opportunity to to somewhat normalize, hopefully soon, and and like when a vaccine is coming and, and like things like that. Anyway, so like, just like a, we don't really talk about things super real, but it's been on my mind a lot. And I think this movie has a good point about it. So here in the U S the death toll just reached, uh, I I don't want to get the wrong number. Hold on. Let me tell you, I can edit this as well, but, uh, 
it was uh okay so here in the u.s for the coronavirus covid19 the death toll has reached 50,000 so 50,000 people have lost their life to this virus and there's probably not going to be a vaccine from the way the world works like we learned with contagion last week but there's probably not going to be a vaccine until like 2021 at the soonest unless a miracle happens and there's already states here in the u.s that are like mobilizing and kind of ending the quarantine which whether you think that's good or bad or not like I feel like the idea has become too focused that like life needs to get back to normal. And I hope that that never happens. Like I don't want life to get back to normal for a lot of reasons. Like for a long time, there isn't going to be a life without the coronavirus. We are going to have to get to the point where we say, okay, this is life with the coronavirus. We're not just enduring something until it goes back to normal. Like right now is the new normal. Like we are going to have to live life with the coronavirus for a long time like how do we do that what does that mean what type of precautions do we have to take types of things that i'm not a health expert and i don't have all the answers to but i think it's something important to understand but i also think like on like a climate standpoint in the world like you look at the world how it's kind of like responded like pollution is down there's animals roaming the streets like if you kind of just look at like what's happening with the climate and how the world is almost like trying to take itself back in balance with everybody going inside I hope that we don't just like let this go over and get back to normal. Like we, I hope that we move forward and allow ourselves to like change and adapt. And that from this point, we can like say like, okay, whenever this vaccine comes in, life is no longer with the coronavirus. Like let's not just go back to how we were before. Like let's kind of like adjust to something better. Um, and that's just been on my mind a lot. And especially just like the idea that it's not going to be life without the coronavirus anytime soon. But how can we live with the coronavirus and how the movie presents that, like, for three years, there was no, like, life without the monsters. It was life with the monsters, and how do you do that? And, like, even to the point where, like, he had a vaccine. That vaccine isn't instantly, like, there was no instant cure for the movie. Like, they even the movie even ended, like, these people still have to overcome a lot of things, and there's a lot of changes. You don't just have an instant fix, which I think is a perfect example of what is happening in our world. But that's all I have to say. Okay. I I think you're kind of right there where you can't just... It's kind of like something bad happening doesn't... Or, you know, like losing someone you love or um, big change of pace where you graduate from high school or where you graduate from college or you get married or you have kids um, or you retire. Like, there's some points where you, you, miss a pre, you miss things of the previous, like kind of like the glory days that everybody refers back to, like things that you miss and you can't just go back to what, the way it was. Like something does happen, you have, you do have to move forward, and you can find a different normal. You can find happiness in what it is right now, and that you know this there there's this thing is right now. It's not going to go away. You can't just like you know wait it out. Like there's things that have to come up, come about to for it to come back to the point where it is, you know, a normal where we can go back to like working, go back to outside, go back to sporting events. Go back to events. That's just where we all get together and physical touch. That it's it's gonna feel different when it when this is all over. You know, it's gonna feel it's gonna feel like relief, and you're gonna feel we're gonna all gonna be celebrate about it. We'll all be happy about it when it's all over. But it's gonna be a little different. We're gonna be satisfied. We're gonna be happy. We can go back to you know a routine that's more of like out and about, but it is gonna be slightly different. So I. I probably agree with you on that. Very cool. Well, for the sake of time. I think that's a good place to end it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, this is a fun movie to watch. I'll revisit in it a year. Um, But, uh, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, we're kind of announcing some pretty exciting things. We've got some sweet episodes coming up. If you want a sneak peek into what we're announcing later, just go check out our audio graph. The link to that is in the description, of course. Um, You can get some insider perks there. So, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Subscribe for more. Ciao, ciao. All right. What to do, baby? We're going to work through this. Peace out, home dogs.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.